In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. We just want to say thank you for what you did in the first service. As we come to you this afternoon, Lord, we ask that you open our hearts as we receive from you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For this we have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Uh, Just before I go on, uh, again, as I said in the first service, uh, the... Uh, RCCG Congress at the Redemption Camp has just finished, hence the reason why Pastor Agu and um, all our, um, most of our pastors uh, are away, but we should be having them back shortly by his grace. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we'll start with a pop quiz, as I tend to do, just to gather uh, data, if that's the way to put it, and then uh, to help me align uh, what I believe God is saying this afternoon. Um, we are in December. Amen? So God saw us from January to December. Somebody should say, praise God for that. But in between January and now, our desires, in between January and now, our prayers, um, and in between January and now, should have been answers. So, but just by a show of hands, um, you've, you desired, you prayed, and you, you got an answer to prayers between, now, between January and now. Just raise your hand at me. Let me see. Wow, fantastic, fantastic. That's a beautiful uh, sight to see. But in this same sight, our hand's not raised. So if you've desired, you've prayed, and you're yet to see that manifestation, uh, just by show of hands, let me see your hand. All right? Just a few of us. I too have desired. I, I too have prayed. And I'm yet. I've seen most, but I'm yet to see some come to manifestation. Come to, into, into physical, uh, you know, something tangible that I can say, see what the Lord has done for me. But I want to encourage us this afternoon. Um, with what I feel God is, is saying to us is that we should not give up on ourselves. We should not give up on ourselves. And above all, not give up on God. Between January and now, some would agree that, you know, you and I must have faced some serious challenges. Serious challenges that would question who you are, serious challenges that will question if there is a God that is answering prayers, serious challenges that will question whether God has gone silent or quiet on you. If you're in a difficult challenge in marriage, you've desired, you've prayed, but you're yet to receive. A difficult family, 
difficult child. You're a parent in the house or listening online. You have a difficult child. You've gone through so much this year. You question everything that is around you now. And you seem that this, everything is a lost cause. If you're a young chap in the house, things have just gone so bad this year. So bad this year that you now consider yourself worthless. Less of worth. And you question whether a God that we talk about can see you or count you as worthy. Then you come to a conclusion. You come to a conclusion that this must be a lost cause. But I'm here this afternoon to encourage. I'm here this afternoon to to encourage, to tell you that you must not give up on yourself. For if you give up on yourself, you will ultimately give up on God. In you sits the faith required to trust. So if you give up on yourself, the hope that foils that faith, that then encourages the trust in God, disappears. So the first thing is this, you must not give up on yourself. Today is the 15th of December, am I right? So that means that there's what, 14, 15 more days before the end of the year? And who says God cannot answer in that time? Who says God cannot answer? So if you're here under the sound of my voice, or you're listening online, I'm encouraging you, do not give up on yourself. Neither must you give up on God. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation may be, some might be mirrored as a, as, as a, as a wild wind, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a mountain that is blocking progression, as, as a storm. As a storm. In that, in that, is the reassurance that God is with us. Somebody say amen to that. You question yourself in this dark place. You question, why us? Why me? Why not the other person? (laughs) But can I say that that question has an answer. That question has an answer as to why me? Why you in this dark place? Some question in, in times of this trouble with a child, with a, a spouse, with work, school, why me? The answer is yes, you. Yes, you. The reason for that yes, you is because God has a plan. God's plan, as it says in that beautiful scripture, my thoughts towards you are taught of what? Good. Not of evil. So the first thing we need to settle is the fact that God doesn't think evil of you. So that's to settle the why me or why you. He doesn't think evil of you. 
So if his thoughts of you are thoughts of good, but not of evil, he says what then? He needs to bring you to an expected end. That then suggests to me, if there's, an, if there's an end, there's a beginning, right? That means that's a journey. There's a journey from the beginning to the end. So that means that there is a journey you and I need to go through in order to get to an expected end. What is a picture of an expected end? A glorious end where answered prayers are seen physically. That is an expected end. So if we have to journey from the beginning to the end, we must then understand what David suggested with a framework in Psalm 23. David suggested a beautiful relationship with God. David suggested an understanding. Everything was beautiful. And I'm sure, I mean, some of us would have started January. Some of us would have started with a bang. Then all of a sudden comes this dark place we find ourselves but can I reassure someone this afternoon that you are coming out of that dark place? So David says, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? It uh, keeps me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. What a beautiful relationship. Everything was going okay. Then comes the yay moment. Somebody say yay. Yay. You don't sound like you mean it. Yay. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The other thing to quickly point out there is the shadow. The shadow. You never will experience the real thing. You must to say amen to that. Because the Bible says that he will not give us more than we can, can bear. So would always experience the shadow, not the real thing. But you see, I, I say that to say that even the shadow can become a real thing. It can become a real thing because you've accepted it. It can become a real thing because you've given up on yourself. It can become a real thing. It can become the real thing because now you've given up on God. So yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no what? Mm. No evil, for thou art with me. That's why I said, in that dark place, God is with you. Because if you remember the text, it says, my thoughts of you are thoughts of good, not of evil. For it's to bring you to an expected end. Which means that, yea, you walk through the valley of that shadow of death. In that dark place, God is with you. But David then makes us to understand. It says, Yea, do I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no, for thou art with me. And two things to also point out there. It says, Thy rod and thy staff. They do what? That means in that dark place is comfort. In that dark place, God will comfort. Can I prophesy into someone's life this afternoon that God is about to comfort you? If you believe it, there's a stronger amen to come. God is about to comfort you. But then here's the thing. That's just comfort. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's answered. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's answered. Because for some of us, where we find ourselves is probably caused by us. 
And if that's the case, it's not a problem. Because God says, or David shows us in that framework, he says, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod of chastisement, the rod of correction, will comfort me. And at point of comfort, at point of being chastised, then the staff, the rod of that, the staff will direct me to my, or realign me with my path to that expected end. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me, the Lord will be with you. Thy rod and thy staff, they will comfort me. Then it moves on to say, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I said in the first service that this is where we ought to be also praying for our enemies. So when you are praying to kill your enemies, you are not fulfilling scripture because... If the Lord is preparing a table before you in front of your enemies to anoint your head with oil, that means your enemies have to be present. Is someone getting that? That means your enemies have to be present at your expected end to see what the Lord has done. It says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The ones who have told you or pronounced negative words on, on your life, you will not amount to nothing. Who are you to stand before us? But guess what? You will be standing before kings. Why? Because you've gone through that journey. The journey that tells us that David saw that thing. He, he, he prescribed a, a, a framework that we ought to embrace today. That before that table, my head, your head, is anointed with oil. And then the glory of God fills you to a point of overflow. He anoints my head with, um, with oil and my cup overflows. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Somebody is about to overflow. In the last 15 days of this year, there's an overflow coming to someone. Why? It's not my word. It is the word of God that if we stay with him in that dark place for about the time he's ready to sort you out, you will get to a place where that overflow is tangible. You will get to that place where that overflow is tangible. So it says, thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. So in this journey, I'm not sure if I said this in the first um, service. In this journey, in Psalm 23, the 23rd verse, uh, chapter of the, uh, of the Psalms, it says, then goodness and mercy shall follow you. Did he say some of the time? Did he say some of the time? Talk to me now. Some of the time? It says goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of your life. And then you shall dwell in the house of God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is your expected end. Your expected end is to end in the house of the Lord. But then you start a journey, as David did in Psalm 23, to get to, to that expected end. So that means in the yay moment, which is this dark place you find yourself, but it's just a moment. 
It is just a moment. Yea, sudden, but it must come to an end. That's why that uh, verse in the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night. It is paramount, paramount that joy must come. Because you see, dark, darkness does not lead to darkness. It must lead, first lead to light and then darkness again. So that's the journey. So weeping may endure for a night, but it is certain that joy must come in the morning. Not my words. It is the true word of God. Amen? It is the true word of God. So don't be disappointed with where you are. There is always hope, as we've highlighted in Psalm 23. Don't be disappointed with where you are. But in it is the grace that God has promised us. So I dare say that in that or the dark moment we find ourselves, we should embrace it. Because it's about to bring you to an expected end. In that dark place, that dark place is not to diminish, that dark place is not to destroy, that dark place is to bring about your expected end. So where you are is not where you end. You are still being written. It's not where you end. That's why that scripture says that the, the, the latter shall be greater than the former. You have not been written off. That is why God is saying this, this, this afternoon rather, do not give up on yourself. And above all, do not give up on him, God. So I, I encourage you as, as, as we search the scripture, read the scripture this morning in Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be, of, be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Nor be afraid of them that have spoken negatively about you. Of them who have told you you would never amount to anything. Of them that have always disagreed with you. Of them that have rejected every single proposal. Do not be afraid. For the Lord thy God will go with you. He will not fail you. Nor forsake you. Another scripture that helps us to understand this is in Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Another transition is righteous right hand. So therefore, even life, if, if, if this life is giving you discomfort, disappointments, I want to reassure you that there is a God who is standing for you. There is a God who is in it with you. And he has promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be disappointed of where you are. Instead, rejoice. Of where, you know, for where you are. Because it is to bring you to an expected end. Rejoice, not be disappointed. In this 
dark place. It's also where the alternative is usually suggested to you. You've been praying for this thing for so long. You've been praying. No answer. Every prayer meeting you are there. So the alternative will suggest itself. Have you tried something? Have you tried? I know someone who can help you do this. So I gave an analogy um, in the first service about a tent. And a tent is a uh, a tent is like our faith. What I'm asking for here is that we do not misplace our hope nor our faith. Because if we misplace both, then it destroys the trust we have in God. So your faith is like a tent. And I jokingly asked with a show of hands in the first service, uh, you know, who's been camping before? Camping, fantastic. You guys are doing better than the first service. They were just laughing at me like I was saying something. <laughs> you know, truth is, with camping, I don't understand it. I actually don't understand how you can leave brick and mortar. Four walls, nice comfort, heating, air conditioning, whatever you want, into a bush. And you, you know, pitch a tent to sleep in it, to enjoy nature. Okay, let's, let, 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 let the excuse be that you want to enjoy nature. I understand now. But what I've observed about happy campers is the fact that they, it, there's this sense of joy that, you know, just they're gathered with. So the one with the small tent will carry the tent with the family all wrapped up on, strapped up on the, on, on the car. The one with the uh, mid-sized ones and the ones with the large-sized tent. Remember, the tent is like your faith. So for some of us, it might be small, it might be uh, mid-sized, it might be large. But if that faith or tent is misplaced, it renders our trust in God useless. So when the alternative is suggested to you, this is what I'm saying. Do not misplace your faith. Do not pitch your tent where it ought not to be. So no matter how good your tent is, small, medium, big, I guess the big, big one would be the premier deluxe <laughs> type of tent. If those three sets uh, or, or uh, uh, description of, of tent, sizes of tent, are pitched at the bottom of a mountain, and if the rain falls, how many know that every tent will gather water? Every tent will gather, gather water. Because the, they've pitched in the wrong place. But then if the tent, whether small, medium, or large, is pitched on the rock. How many know that come rain, come sunshine, no water will get to them? But at the bottom, some, of, some might even be submerged. I guess the small one will be submerged. Middle one might be swimming and then, or, or drowning, and then the large tent will just, well, you turn it into a pool. So do not misplace your faith. Do not misplace your hope. For those two things will definitely destroy the trust you have in God. 
For you remember that what we are going through in this short period, it might seem long, but in God's eyes it's short. And the reason why it's short is another would come. But he needs to get you out of this to mature you, to draw you closer to him. And he can then do exploits through you. Amen? That's why that scripture says, those who, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So do not misplace your trust. For if your trust is placed or your tent is pitched on the rock, that is really when we truly see the unchanging hand of God. That is where we see it because um, where did we read that? I think Isaiah 41 that says, by his righteous right hand, by his righteous victorious hand, he will help us. God is unchanging. His promises are yea and amen. His promises are that, just that. That's why we understand that he holds his words, his promises above his name. Can you beat that? We were told that at the mention, we, we, the way we were taught is at the mention of his name, every name was bow. So by, by the calling of Jesus, you know, every name was bow, every tongue confesses that he's Lord and Savior. But then he's saying that his promises towards us, you and I, his promises towards you and I, he's placed it above that, his name. Which means there's a guarantee of delivery. There is a guarantee of delivery. For he places his word, his promises, above his name. That means he makes sure that it comes to pass. He makes sure that it comes to pass. What are you going through? That does not have an answer from God. Everything you're going through has an answer. Everything you're going through has a testimony awaiting it. It has a testimony awaiting it. How you go through this journey is your choice. Is your choice. Because with the understanding of the word, if I'm if his thoughts towards me are thoughts of good and not of evil, that means that all I need to do is enjoy myself in this dark moment. First, I know that he's with me. David gives us an example of that in Psalm 23. So what I'm going through is only for a moment. Because what awaits that dark place is a greater testimony. What awaits it is a greater testimony. So can I prophesy into someone's life this afternoon that your newness, your new season is about to unfold. Amen. Your new season is about to unfold. Amen. You spent time in the dark place. But tarry for a little while because your new season is about to unfold. Amen. In closing, I want to share this story with you. It's about a, a grieving sister. So this story was said about a man whose wife grieved over the death of her sister. She grieved 
months and months and months into a place of depression. Her husband was very, very worried about this. So he tried all sorts of things. And I read, when I read this, I said, this guy is a, you know, this husband is a very good husband. You know, very, very good. You know, he tried all sorts of things. He tried uh, bringing a, uh, uh, he bought gifts. You know, I, the one that I questioned was Rose. But, you know, in depression, you brought Rose. It's okay. He tried all sorts of stuff with the aim of trying to get his wife out of this place, that place she found herself. To an extent of even taking her on a cruise for two weeks. Do you know that all of this did not take this lady out of that depression? But one Sunday morning, somebody says Sunday morning. Sunday morning. He opened his Bible to the 23rd Psalm in the Bible. He held his wife with one hand and held the Bible in the other. And he read Psalm 23 to his wife. Soon after that, the wife came out of depression. And then months after that, on a Saturday, just sitting on their porch, they reflected back on that dark moment. And then the wife said this to the husband. It says, I really appreciated the roses, gifts, and the attention you showed me when, when my sister died. But then when I heard you read the word, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. She said to her husband, you ushered me into the presence of God. The burden was lifted and I saw the light. Can I say to someone this morning, or rather this afternoon, what you're going through is but for a little while. What you're going through is for but a little while. Because God is in it with you. In God's hands, we are safe. In God's hands, he will never walk out on us. In God's hands, he will not abandon us. And better still, regardless of your circumstance, God will never forsake you. Why? Because he's given the promise. He has given the promise. So if you're here in, in this room, on this auditorium, in this auditorium this afternoon, or you're listening online, and you still question some of the words I've said today, this God, he does not understand what I'm going through. There's nothing. See, this God is a God that I call the God of the impossibility. It does not matter your circumstance. It does not matter what you've been through. There is a God who is unchanging. Who is saying to you and I this morning or this afternoon, don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Do not give up on yourself. For you, if you give up on yourself, you give up on him. Do not give up on yourself. With all heads bowed, I want to speak to someone. Whether in here or watching online. I want to say to you that, you know, Jesus gives us that hope. Jesus gives us that hope to start again. He gives us a hope to start again. Where we've messed up, where we have 
done things or misplaced our, or pitched our tent with the wrong crowd. The reason for why Jesus was born was to highlight and define forgiveness for us. The ability to start again. That's why Jesus said, if you give your life to, uh, to, 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 uh, to God, to Christ, all things will be passed away, all things become new. There's a newness. There's always a way to start again. For Jesus understood that even the greatest person on earth, the most intelligent person on earth, will make a mistake. So it is expected for mistakes to happen. Hey, that's why pencils have erasers on them. That's why there are spell checks with our word processing tools. There is an expectation that you will make a mistake. But Jesus was born for such that reason, for us to be able to start again. So if you're listening to me, you're under the sound of my voice or listening online. You want to come to an understanding of who Jesus is. You want to realign yourself even if you've met him before and you know, you've strayed. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you've questioned God, if you've lost hope, and eventually lost that trust in God, if you're here this afternoon and you're online, just raise your hands at me so that I know who I'm praying for. That yes, I've allowed my circumstance to take over everything. In it, I couldn't find God. In that dark area, I couldn't find anyone. I couldn't find God. I couldn't find anyone. If you're here this afternoon and you want us to agree on that, signify by raising your hand. And if you've done so, can I just urge you to come towards me as we agree together? That from today, newness, newness will come my way. If you're online, the, the moderator would facilitate how you, how you pray. But for you in the auditorium to this, this afternoon, we'll pray together as I also join my faith with my sister with me here. And we'll pray together. And the prayer this afternoon is as simple as this. My Father, my God, we, your children, are before you, your daughters before you this afternoon. And if you all repeat after me, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for setting this day up for me. I thank you for the realignment of my destiny. Today I lay everything before you. I recognize you as that Lord who delivers. So from now I receive your word. I receive newness into my life. And I declare that my new season has started. 
In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I have no other God. I have no afternoon we have no other God but you we acknowledge that you've done in the past what no man has done and we believe by standing firm on your word that you will do what no man can do I dare say that even before the year runs out you will do what no man can do for in Jesus mighty name we have prayed Amen. Let's celebrate the King of Kings. Hallelujah.